ISIL's weak. I know it doesn't look like that right now, but it's the truth. And they don't want you to know it, which is why it's something we should talk about. When news broke that more than 130 people had been murdered in Paris, this is how ISIL responded. A group of believers from the soldiers of the Caliphate set out targeting the capital of prostitution and vice, the lead carrier of the cross in Europe, Paris. And really, there's no doubt that this was an Islamist terrorist attack, probably executed under ISIL's flag. What we don't know yet is if the attack was planned, ordered or funded by ISIL's leaders in Syria, because the problem is, this is what ISIL do. They take credit for any act of terrorism on Western soil so that they appear bigger and tougher than they actually are. They did the same thing last year with the shooting at Canada's parliament and when a bloke ran around New York with a hatchet attacking people. And again, with the Sydney siege. There has been some suggestion that is an ISIS flag. ISIL didn't control these guys. They were DIY terrorists who recruited themselves. But ISIL don't want you to know that. How do I know? Because ISIL told us they don't want you to know that in their monthly magazine. In October last year, they wrote this. It is important that the killing becomes attributed to patrons of the Islamic State who have obeyed its leadership. This can easily be done with anonymity. Otherwise, Crusader media makes such attacks appear to be random killings. Every time an attack happens, and, and they do claim it, um, you know, their headline news in, uh, around the world. There's a reason ISIL want to appear so powerful, why they don't want to acknowledge that the land they control has been taken from weak enemies, that they're pinned down by airstrikes, or that just last weekend they lost a significant part of their territory. They really don't have the capacity to hit back against the combat aircraft of the West. ISIL don't want you to know they would quickly be crushed if they ever faced a proper army on a real battlefield. They want you to fear them. They want you to get angry. They want all of us to become hostile. And here's why. ISIL's strategy is to split the world into two camps. It's that black and white. Again, we know this because they told us. Last year, they declared there is no grey zone in this crusade against the Islamic State. The world has split into two encampments, one for the people of faith, the other for the people of disbelief, all in preparation for the final great war. They want to start World War III, a global war between Muslims and everyone else. That's what they want to create. They want societies like France and here in Australia to turn on each other. We as a society, as a community, need to be very mindful of maintaining and protecting our social cohesion, our sense of harmony uh, and standing together. They want countries like ours to reject their Muslims and vilify them. We need to look at the teachings of the Quran. It is and, about, you and, know, and killing the and beheading the non-believers. Yeah, ISIL's leaders would be ecstatic to hear that since the atrocity in Paris, Muslims have reportedly been threatened and attacked in England, America and here in Australia. Because this evil organisation has it in their heads that if they can make Muslims the enemy of the West, then Muslims in France and England and America and here in Australia will have nowhere to turn but to ISIL. That was exactly their strategy in Iraq. And now they want it to go global. Saying that out loud, it's both dumbfounding in its stupidity and blood-curdling in its barbarity. We're all feeling a million raging emotions right now. I am angry at these terrorists. I'm sickened by the violence and I'm crushed for the families that have been left behind. But you know what? I won't be manipulated. We all need to come together.
I know how that sounds. I know it's a cliche, but it's also true because it's exactly what ISIL doesn't want. So if you're a member of parliament or a has-been member of parliament preaching hate at a time when what we actually need is more love, you're helping ISIL. They have told us that. If you're a Muslim leader telling your community they have no place here, or a non-Muslim basically saying the same thing, you're helping ISIL. They have told us that. Or if you're just someone with a Facebook or Twitter account firing off misguided missives of hate, you're helping ISIL. They've told us that. And I'm pretty sure that right now, none of us wants to help these bastards. Broadcasting from Manchester in the United Kingdom, this is the Aaron Meta Show. Can you imagine a better world right now? Uh, yeah, I've uh, certainly been uh, trying to for the last couple of days. I've been trying to envisage uh, a better world uh, yeah. in which in which we could uh, be living right now. But uh, unfortunately, after uh, the events uh, of Paris, it's kind of left us with a kind of horrible gremlin climbing over me uh, I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way yeah uh, this is the Arometa and Harry Dyer show it is a very sad uh, 16th of November of 2015 uh, for those of you who do not know what we're talking about uh, oh, by the way before we get into that I want to thank uh, there's a guy called Walid Wal- 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 Ali uh, who is um, a newscaster in for Channel 10 in Australia he actually came up with that uh uh, five-minute intro for uh, not for us but uh, basically he put that out there and i thought it would be good to play it out for the entire world because uh, hey we go out to like 40 different countries so uh you know i thought it'd be a good thing for uh, us to uh catch up on that and uh also uh if you for that also the intro for the int- that that was uh, that was that guy who uh, went out onto the street to with a piano on on a bicycle would you believe uh, right after the events we saw and uh, played uh, Imagine uh, for, of John Lennon fame and uh, yeah so uh, that's uh, that's uh, how we're beginning the show really and uh, this is the Aaron Metter and Harry Dyer show I am Aaron Metter and he is Harry Dyer uh, yeah and uh, so I mean where do we begin with this uh, yeah, with, with this with this tragedy I mean let me I'll start from the beginning of where 
I was in all of this. Um, I was downstairs and uh, my mother was watching the TV and uh, I think we were looking for the uh, Strictly Done Come Dancing results. I think, uh, think that, I don't know if you were Strictly Come Dancing before the Children in Need show. And actually, I want to talk about the Children in Need show a little bit later on after we address all this. And, uh, you know, I just heard on, uh, the newscaster on uh, BBC News just say, uh, the, oh, there's been this uh, incident that's taking place at, uh, at the stadium where the Paris, Paris Saint-Germain uh, sorry, not Paris Saint-Germain. I mean, uh, I can't believe I keep forgetting the name, but uh, where uh, France and Germany were playing a friendly at the time, saying there was an explosion. And then that escalated to a hostage situation in uh, at a heavy metal venue. Uh, and then, that also, then all of a sudden, these shootings just started coming up. And uh, it was just uh, a really, really surreal uh, viewing because I was flipping between uh, Sky News... Uh, Russia Today, Al Jazeera, and, uh, and BBC News, and just getting all this info, also going on Twitter as well, just basically just to understand basically what is going on. And uh, it was, and also on top of that, there was uh, Children in Need that was going on. And, you know, I did say to myself, oh, I'm going to definitely watch bits of this, but it was kind of hard to kind of pull away from what was going on because it was just, it was, uh, it was a really surreal night, to say the least. And uh, you also you had no idea what was going to happen next. Which was just it was uh, it it was difficult it really was I don't know about yourself Harry yeah I mean I was um, I was literally about to turn in for the night because I've been uh, working at Debenhams uh, from sort of Friday till today so I was having early starts late finishes and um, yeah and I just happened to see on my Facebook newsfeed someone had mentioned about there's been a uh, some kind of an attack, um, a, a, a death metal gig in Paris. Um, and I was like, oh, what's going on here? And I, I looked it up and it said, yeah, there's been a, a series of attacks across Paris. And that was literally before I fell asleep. And, and I knew, I knew what it was going to be. I knew exactly what the headlines were going to be the next day. I knew exactly what it was going to have been about. I knew, I knew exactly who was going to have done it. Um, and so I went to sleep in a not in not very good spirits and woke up to the news that I knew in my heart of hearts what it would be, and I turned out to be right. And, uh, yeah, the, the... Well, you did better the, than I did because I didn't fall asleep. Because, you know, yeah. it was just, I was, uh, it was, you know, I didn't have nothing going on on Saturday, so I had the, you know, ability to stay up all night, but, uh, you know, it was one of the, probably the, uh, probably the worst nights I've probably ever had in a good long while, and so it was hard to just kind of watch what was going on, and then uh, to hear that, uh, you know, in this hostage situation ended up with, you know, more than, you know, 80 people dead, it was just, it was, uh, that really hit hard, mm. to say the least, and, uh, you know, it's just, um the the fact the, the the big the horrible thing about it all of it is that it just it makes absolutely no sense to, of why what happened you know just you know I know there's gonna there's gonna be saying you know like oh well there's this uh, oh there's the un-Islamic hate and uh, then there's the uh, you know oh well there's this problem with Islam and things like that and uh, all people like all of a sudden everyone just seems to become experts on online. And, uh, you know, we're like saying, you know, this, that and the other. It's like, oh, I know how to solve this problem. Oh, this is the reason why this happened. It's like, you know, will we really, really understand what drove eight people 
to just you know may just tor- torture and maim and slaughter people like that. Will we really truly understand it? Uh, well, it depends in which capacity. Um, if you're talking about how does one get into the psychology of uh, a person who would start to, you know, who who would basically go out and kill people? Uh, yeah, that's that's a tough question. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of uh, ISIS, in terms of the ideology, in terms of all of that, that's kind of. Uh, uh, probably a bit easier to try and tackle um, if indeed we are able to discuss and tackle said issues because I mean this isn't just one uh, problem to talk about there are many many problems that just keep going deeper and deeper it's like you know peeling back the onion there are many many factors to this um, but of course you know, you, you could never have predicted uh, that the, the you know that this was going to happen. Just the same as a lot of these attacks. You know, no one can, no one has the power of clairvoyance. Nobody knows. Well, I mean, Turkey that- said. Well, I mean, I mean, well, I say, I say Turkey like as a you know like it's like a, like a guy in a street or something like that. But you know, uh, um, you know, apparently Turkey's intelligence did say to uh, apparently did exchange information with France uh, apparently a day before all this happened, like to say that this was going to happen. I mean, that's just what's being that's just hearsay at the moment, but. Uh, you know, there's um, there's that uncertainty currently f- flying around. So you know, you can imagine there's going to be a lot of uh, you know ha- we're never going to hear the end of of that if that's the case. That uh, you know, there, yeah, well, if there was a possibility to prevent all this. I yeah, mean, well, my my flatmate was saying, um, what's it now? He was saying that uh, a friend of their family was actually in Paris the previous week, and he said that he'd um, got a sense that things wouldn't you know something something may have been up because he just said there were a lot more policemen than you would usually see uh knocking about so you know i'm 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 sure that the security services may have been tipped off about something but again how how can you predict exactly when and where somebody you know someone is gonna you know a maniac is going to attack like that you know well apparently we have all this surveillance that apparently is uh, uh, keeping us safe or, uh, you know, whatever. And apparently it's going to be expanded to now uh, to the point where, you know, we're all going to have our uh, data pretty much, you know, our, our information stored by internet service providers, you know, the so-called Snoopers Charter. Apparently, you know, we, we already have all this surveillance already. We already have a situation where, you know, information is being collected en masse in the United States at the moment. So it's like, you know, how... I mean, you know, they keep saying, you know, to us, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we need this, you know, in order to, uh, you know, keep, keep, our, keep, you know, our surveillance one step ahead of the game. But, you know, it's like when you hear the methods that people are using, like Darknet and, you know, like, uh, you know, and I've recently heard that, you know, apparently there's been contact that's been going on between people on, like, games consoles and stuff. It's like, you know, how do you monitor all that? Mm. Like, you know, well, just... you know, the, I'm sure the... If you know, the, the, you know these terrorists uh, will find ways around things. You know, and there's been Absolutely. lots of talks about. There's been lots of talks about this. You know, about the fact that they, you know this this is going to be an opportunity for them to increase their surveillance, and you know um, that very 
you know, that could well be the case. I mean, it's just, but again, like the situation has shown that, you know, you can have as much security, as many police, as many cameras as you want, but how does one know exactly when and where these people are going to attack? It's very, very difficult. And, you know, it, this, you know, this, this is a problem that isn't going to be solved overnight, you know, and I don't think anyone would be so naive as to assume that, you know, hey, this has happened in Paris, we'll have a get together, and hopefully in a month's time, we'll have solved the issue. This is an issue that, you know, is not going to go away overnight. This is, this is an issue that is going to be hanging over the world for, you know, the foreseeable future. Uh, this is a war against humanity, against civilization, you know, and I was uh, watching a video by uh, Christopher Hitchens when he was talking uh, not long after 9-11, and he was saying about the fact that, you know, he, he's, he's been, he, he had been to a lot of the sort of war-torn countries, um, you know, where terrorism and acts of war are committed every day. Um, so, you know, the sight of the towers on fire and people jumping to their deaths, he says, you know, in parts of the world where this kind of thing happens all the time, he says, you know, th this, this is a war. This is a war against the civilized world. These are things that we will have to get used to because there is a war being waged against us, whether we like it or not. And, you know, and it isn't just going to be a case of, well, we'll add a few more cameras and we'll have a few more policemen. You know, it, it's it goes a lot deeper than that. And um, it's been interesting reading up on this because, I mean, my initial reaction was the, the, the day after it had happened, it was just a rush of emotion. And I was kind of trying to balance it within myself. I couldn't talk to anybody about it because I really didn't know what to say. My My mind... And my feelings were just kind of bouncing off the walls. Yeah, and I, I think that, that's exactly what's been going on over the last couple of days. Not just with yourself, but with everybody. Everybody. And the, the, the big problem is that everyone's making emotional statements, you know, in public, which has not been helpful in either, in either way. So you got, you know, you got the, um, the, the 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 far right, you know, blaming you know Islam and Muslims and uh, and people like that, which you know, and you know where you know the the big. You know, where the majority of Muslims are, are more worried about you know making sure they get to work on time and making sure the kids have got something you know something to wear for school. It's like you know they don't really care about Islam dominating the world and yada yada yada. It's like you know so uh, for me it's like it, it is unfair to be blaming you know uh, uh, like the terrorists did you know when they murdered all those people. It is unfair to be blaming them you know normal everyday Muslims who just want to go around their lives uh, for what has happened. It's like, you know, yeah. it's, uh, there has been this blame game that is currently being played around and people are making all sorts of emotional statements and it's just, it's, it's sickening to say yeah. the least. Cause you know, well, it makes, it makes, it, you know, it goes back to what we, you know, we heard in that five minute clip. It's like, you know, this is exactly what these guys want. They want us all to be divided. They want us all to be, uh, you know, what we you know, what the, them, them and us, you know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's what, not just what, uh, you know, these, uh, what what ISIS, well, you know what the, this you know un-Islamic hate did and stuff like that. It's like it's uh, what you know these far right people want us to do. It's like what Britain first wants us to do. It's what uh, you know UKIP wants us to do in some in some areas of their party. It's like you know they they want to play they they want to divide us all up into them and us and play us against one another and it's sickening. It really yeah. is. Well, yeah, of course, and I think that 
anyone who would be you know foolish enough to 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 completely you know sweep an entire group of people for the acts of a few is uh you know it, it just shows their sort of you know overwhelming ignorance um yeah because of course of course it has nothing to do with you know practicing muslims regular practicing muslims it has nothing to do with them you know this is oh yeah it's got nothing to do with them but there's there's but you know already we've had a a mosque burned down in canada i mean it's like you know it's gonna the the big fear is is that they're they're you know they're going to be the ones left holding the bag out of all of this they're going to be blamed yeah of course yeah you you know you, you can't you can't stop uh you know you can't stop bad people from doing bad things on both sides um and you know it, it's a case of um I, I was explaining this to somebody today it's you know as as i've said many times on the show before um you know i'm an atheist so i don't have any religious beliefs whatsoever um i would never wish anybody's religion to be you know wiped from the face of the earth and i think that everyone has the right as human beings to be able to practice any religious practice that they want. Um, but I was watching a, an interesting video by uh, Richard Dawkins when he was explaining about his idea of where he thinks, uh, you know, the, the sort of the concept of a god or of an otherworldly power may have developed in the human brain. And it's the fact that when there is, uh, say for instance, an act of nature, like an earthquake, uh, and your child survives in this earthquake, you are overwhelmed with a, you know, with a feeling of thankfulness. And of course, if, if your child was in a burning building and someone went in and rescued them, then you thank that person, you give them your thanks, you unload that emotion onto them. When it's, uh, when it's a fact that an earthquake happened or a natural disaster or something like that happened and there is nobody to thank you find yourself kind of looking around for somewhere to put all of this emotion and so and he believes this is where this idea of you know an otherworldly power comes from it's like well there must be a god who did that so i'll thank a god now the point i'm making with this is that a lot of people have this anger towards what has happened you know it's attack it's been an attack on freedom it's been an attack on civilized humanity and understandably people are angry about this you know and they're looking for somewhere to direct their anger but rather than you know as i did you know i took a full day to calm down from it all and i watched a lot of things and read a lot of articles and just kind of you know reframed my mind because, you know, like we're saying, in these events, it shakes everybody up. But the problem is that there are a lot of people who aren't taking the time to do that. They're trying to direct their anger at somebody. And because there is nobody to blame in the sense that, well, of course, there are the, 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 the people who committed the atrocities. They're to blame, but they're not immediately there for them to blame. So they're trying to find somewhere else to direct it. And they very wrongly and very foolishly will direct it at people who have nothing to do with it other than the fact that you know they look you know they you know they look like uh you know a bit like these people or they are part of you know the same religion as these people supposedly are and 
are you know doing these things which of course are not justified and not right it's not what we should be doing if yeah. we're wanting to move forward from this you know tragedy well, the problem is that we you know we're, we're struggling to move forward because uh, we're we are just being dragged into the same kind of uh, kind of cycle that we normally get dragged into when things like this happen. Same happened thing that happened nine eleven. Same thing that happened with seven seven. Same things happen now. It's like you yeah. know, it's uh, you know, you know Charlie Hebdo, not Charlie Hebdo as well. It's like sorry, I forgot about that. But so uh, you know, uh, um, it's just it's 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 insane that we just keep getting caught up in the same. We you know we just basically get into the same shtick again. Yeah, you know that's you know we we keep going around with these emotions and yeah. no one's really thinking straight. So you have Donald Trump. You know, he, which I know, he probably, uh, you know, that he, jerk off. He, yeah. yeah, that jerk off. Yeah, he like he probably never thinks straight. And yeah. so the only reason I probably started responding, you know, kind of prematurely, you know, on Facebook and on Twitter was because Donald Trump started doing it. You know, Anne Coulter started it off basically when uh, she said that uh, apparently the events in Paris uh, won Donald Trump the election, which you right. know, r- right? Yeah, whatever you yeah. bitch. So you know, it's like you know, a lot of innocent people have just died. And you're here trying to score political points for your fucking yeah. primary. Go to hell, you fucking bitch. I, uh, but he's like, yeah, he's like, but then there's, uh, so then you have Donald Trump who goes up on stage and says, well, if some of them had guns. Yeah, exactly. Much, yeah. If some of them had guns, uh, yeah, that would have completely stopped all the terrorists again, because when you have a gun in your pocket, uh, which I'm sure you wouldn't have been allowed to have taken into a football stadium or a concert with you, but that's by the by, because you know that when you have a gun in your pocket, it allows you to predict the future and to predict exactly when someone is going to come in and start shooting or blow themselves up. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's like, let's solve the violence with more violence. Yeah, but, but you know, statistically and even practically, it makes absolutely no sense. So, I mean, let's, let's look at this from a, a practical standpoint first. So, you have this uh, theatre that's currently hosting this heavy metal band, obviously playing loud music, and to, according to some of the descriptions of people that were actually survived this horrendous tragedy, um, apparently the they, they all thought it was all part... Some people actually thought it was part of the act. Kind of the yeah. same way that they thought, you know, the guy who shot up all those people in that in that Batman uh, th- uh, movie, you know, in America, they all thought that he come in come in with a shotgun. They all thought he was all part of the act for the opening night of uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. yeah. So um, a lot of people had no chance to re- to react. Which when you when you are in the got a gun in your hand and you're in that situation, your first thing that you need to do is react. Yeah, and so you know because that it plays out the same way in uh, in video games. You know, in uh, you know the fact that you have to react very quickly when you when you want to uh, you know shoot a target. So yeah. that's out of the picture. You then have the venue itself, which has like thousands of people in it. And I actually saw a picture of. Uh, I, I'm really sorry, I keep forgetting the name of the venue, but uh, I actually saw an image from when there was a Japanese like uh, anime pop group. That was there, and so they had thousands of people in that place, and so you saw the, the Japanese singer like taking a selfie, and you, what you saw was hundreds of no, no, sorry, not hundreds of thousands of people, thousands of people on the floor, up in up in the uh, in the rafters, up in the uh, the like in like the balconies and stuff like that, and you know you look at a crowded place like that, and you know if someone comes in and just starts shooting everybody, it's like you know what's the likelihood that if you are if you have a gun yourself, you're not going to hit one of those innocent people when trying to shoot at that person from the yeah. Very back. If you're yeah. at the very front of the of the, uh, of the stage, yeah, exactly. It, it's just completely illogical. 
and you know like you say I mean they showed a clip earlier on on uh, Channel 4 News of the, the football match where that first bomb goes off and it's like you know, people don't immediately start running in fear. And in fact, the footballers don't even really stop playing. It's just kind of like... Some of the crowd cheered. Yeah, you just think, what well, your brain doesn't comprehend that fast. So, you know, I, and I can imagine that probably a lot of people who, you know, sadly lost their lives, probably most of them were trying to figure out what the hell was happening. And didn't probably didn't even know what hit them. You know, like, it's I, just... I remember when uh, I went to Deepdale for like probably like my third time when I was very young, and uh, you know, uh, we, it was only like a small stadium at the time. It wasn't like you know, Deepdale's not the uh, uh, the stadium that it was before. It used to have like all standing seats. It used to be kind of like you know, partly made of brick and things like that. It was a very very humble stadium for the t- for for its time. Mm. And you know, we heard one time just like a, a massive like a massive bang and stuff like that. And it was uh, just you know, someone had like tipped over something. And like so, you know, people were cheering at that. You know, thinking oh, someone's obviously like you know had a car accident or something like that outside the stadium. So mm. no one at that time would have predicted like oh, the IRA struck struck again or something like that. You know, when they were uh, some somewhat active and stuff you know it's like no one would have you know all those years ago you know people people weren't 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 think you know thinking like that and they still don't think that now because you know it's uh it's an unimaginable prospect because mm. if you look at um i mean if you uh, so you know just finishing up on this point so practically guns would have been completely you know putting people in concealed carry situations would not have helped in that situation and in fact uh, you know even then one of the suicide bombers was caught with his device so, you know before, you know and uh, then he set it off you know in front of the security guard thankfully the i think the guy survived mm-hmm. uh that that, that. and also surprisingly enough that guy who uh, stopped him was actually a muslim mm-hmm. uh, you know one thing of that harry you know a muslim doing a good thing i know yeah, yeah. i know what do you think and so yeah. let's look at this now from a uh, a statistical point of view. So the idea in Donald Trump's fried brain, which uh, is, you know, I swear, his hair must be falling out because of the uh, lack of, you know, uh, uh, activity that goes on in his head. But uh, you know, he's now, you know, if he suggests that, you know, that giving everyone a gun in after this uh, situation is going to make people safer and is going to b- reduce deaths from terror attacks or volcanoes or whatever, uh, you know, you uh, look at the statistics. Uh, in 2012, when they were counting how many people had been de- who had died from guns um, after the Sandy Hook uh, massacre that uh, Adam Lanza, you know, th- that guy, uh, you know, uh, implemented on all those poor children, mm-hmm. um, the, the amount of people that were dying by guns was in its hundreds of thousands in the United States. In France, it was only like point one of that. It's like you know, so like if you look at the if you look at the difference between the the amount of gun deaths that you have in France and in Europe, and you look at the gun deaths that you have in the United States, they are drastically different. And one of those uh, of those uh, those continents has far more uh, stringent gun legislation than the other one. And can you guess which one that is? Do tell. Europe. You know, right. Donald Trump, you know, I, you know, I actually brought this up on uh, C-SPAN on the uh, Washington Journal and uh, uh, the guy from the Washington Examiner obviously said, well, you know, John, Donald Trump doesn't care at this point, you know, internationally and like, you know, he only going to be, he's only going to be, he's only gunning for the DOGOP primaries and I don't think he actually cares what the international community thinks, but he's like, he is running for the biggest seat in the world, the President of the United States. Why the fuck would he not care about what, what his standing is going to be in the international community where 
when if he, if he does get to that point. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I I like in this particular situation. I think the thoughts and objectives of Donald Trump are as useful as I don't know. Well, they're not. <laughs> simple as I couldn't even think of a funny kind of anecdote to put to that he just it, thinks of basically sticking his money in uh, it was wasting his money on those stupid golf courses that he builds all over the world that's basically what he should be doing he shouldn't be running yeah. for the bit you know for, but, for you know you know and also on top of that if we're looking for somebody who is going to be taking on you know militarily uh, Islamic State or an Islamic hate or uh, you know whatever uh, whatever terrorist organization out there. What you know, Donald Trump is a businessman. He's never done business, as far as I'm aware, in any like in any military uh, capacity. You know what what is he going to be compared to what Hillary Clinton is, who has been Secretary of State and who has uh, basically had the, uh, the 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 experiences that uh, Obama has somewhat had as um, you know Commander in Chief. Yeah, it, so, it's, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean. Before anyone says anything, I'm not a Hillary Clinton supporter by any stretch of the imagination. I do not like Hillary Clinton. But compare her to Donald Trump, I mean, come on, you do the, do the math. Yeah, I know. I, I, I kind of feel like, um, I don't know, I, I, I kind of, I, I want to talk more <laughs> about what's gone on uh, in Paris well, yeah, rather than we've... what's going on over there. Because, yeah. as I say, I mean, well, again, my, my flatmate was saying tonight, I mean, can, can you imagine... Uh, if this attack had happened in America, you know, there would be boots on the ground, I'm sure, already. It would be another full-scale Iraq situation. And probably there would have been a lot more uh, bigoted attacks on uh, Muslims in America. Um, I mean, what have we had? There was a woman today in London who was pushed onto the tube, tube tracks, um, I don't know if you saw that story. Uh, no, I didn't see that story at all. I uh, tell. Uh, in London, yeah, some guy pushed a Muslim woman onto the, the train tracks in the London Underground, but uh, thankfully she uh, she survived that. Um, again, pointless. Uh, there was a couple, uh, a, an Asian couple in Scotland who were set upon by a, sort of group of 15 people um who attacked them again it seems like the terrorists are in some small pockets getting exactly what they want you know they're dividing people and conquering people uh but um i mean even to the point where i mean i i was going to talk about this at some point anyway but leads on to it um it was interesting how in less than sort of 24 hours from the event happening the you know, the focus seemed to go from uh, the focus that I would be, I would say, is the most important thing, which is the fact that there were, you know, a hundred or so people who have lost their lives, who this time last week were alive and have now had their lives taken and are no longer with us. That, for me, I think, is the thing that should be, you know, people's focal point. Now... Well, I mean, Stop, I mean, it yeah, shouldn't be. The, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, you know, the the it is extremely tragic. There is going to be, you know, uh, there's people without mothers and fathers, and uncle, aunties and uncles, and nieces and nephews right now, and they have no idea what to do with themselves. You know, there's not like there's going to be. Um, I mean, I know there's people have been arrested and stuff like that, but uh, you know, the likelihood that they're ever going to get real justice from the people who actually committed all of this is going to be quite quite slim. 
Mm. Uh, at this point and uh, but uh, I mean my feelings also go out to uh, you know someone who you know has you know suffers from like autism and dyslexia and stuff and has like you know problems with uh uh in a mental capacity you know uh, my, my feelings go out right now to the people who actually survived this who mm. are now going to have to um you know live li- who will now live with these images for the rest of their lives yeah, and you know, sure. and now going to have to, uh, you know, and, and no matter how much counselling, you know, there are some people that are going to be there. No matter how much counselling and no matter how much professional help that they're going to get, it's going to be there whether they they like it or not. It's, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say like, I mean, have you watched the, have you been watching the uh, the TV show River? No, no, no. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be like that, but uh, I mean, it's uh, there are some people who are going to be so damaged by all of this, and they're and they're still wa- no, they're not have to walk this earth knowing that this uh, this happened in their lives. Mm. It's like you know, I wouldn't know what to do in that situation, you yeah. know, knowing that some guy, uh, you know, was waving a Kalashnikov around in the air and then detonated himself and killed loads more other people, and you and it was it was there full glare in your your view. And yeah. you know you you and you sit there now wondering how on earth you are still here on this planet with and you feel and some people are actually saying that they feel guilty for still being alive, which is, yeah. is horrific. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because there's nothing guilty in surviving. Um, you know, it's not. And again, the point I was going to go on to was that there were people uh, who, as I was sort of going through the Facebook feed. Um, and through the internet, sort of the on the the the, the following evening, um, you know, there were people saying, "Oh, but what about all these people who died?" You know, here uh, was it Beirut in Lebanon? Yeah, there was Lebanon, all those you know, people, all the people who were dying in Kenya and whatever, and nobody reports on that. Blah blah blah. And there was this kind of you know this uncomfortable undertone that was going through these comments and these debates and like yeah well you, you know, gotta, keep, you gotta keep this in mind we're, we're all we are regionalized you know we're in in our uh you know it's like is that united the united states of america to a massive degree you know it's like they, most of the news that goes around in their circle kind of remains in their circle if you will so it's like you know they'll probably understand you probably so the guy in florida will probably understand what's going on in california and that'll probably be the end of it and there'll probably be a little bit about what's going on in the world but probably not much so you know, like, uh, and they're kind of the same. I mean, we're not us to a more degree. I mean, the BBC has obviously been an international, kind of had an international uh, perspective for uh, a long while now. But if you look at other news media that we're, that we we get now, it's like it's always UK centric. It's never about really what's happening in the in the entire world. I mean, it's like uh, you know the you know like the Fukushima nuclear disaster. I mean, that that that's that's something that we heard about you know many years ago, and yet you know nuclear. Uh, fallout is not is not something that just goes away in a couple in a couple of months. It's obviously something that stays with us for like hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Mm. And yet, you know, there's still um, you know aftermaths from that. And uh, you know, so and, but yet, you know, the, the the way the news media goes, it disappears after a while, and then we've got this other tragedy or this other thing that we're fixated on. So you know, it, unfortunately, news moves too fast; it's too regionalized, and unfortunately, this stuff just falls out. Yeah. And like, thankfully, and- the internet gives us far more, you know, leeway on that. So it's like, you know, if we want to stick to a story, we can't stick to it if we want to. But unfortunately, there are just some people who are still, you know, tuned into the traditional news media, and you know, it'll be there for a week or so, and then it's like it's kind of like what Coel of Deville said in One Hundred and One Dalmatians, you know, where uh, uh, banish the newspapers it'll all be forgotten tomorrow 
Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, I mean, again, the point I was making was that, like, you know, there were people who were almost turning away from the fact that, hey, you know, there's been, uh, you know, there's been uh, an act of war committed against the civilized world. It became, well, there were people who died over here. Oh, there's more people that died over here. Oh, well, there's someone who died over here. And, oh, you, you know, this, that, and the other. And it almost started turning into a competition. And it was as if, like, you know, uh what was the there was the argument people people were having pathetic you know hippie liberal arguments over uh the uh profile picture filter that they put on for you know like the same as when um you know homosexuality or gay marriage was uh you know brought into you know legalized in america and you could have the filter of the rainbow flag as your profile picture and they did one with the french flag and there were people who were almost kind of saying that oh well you know you shouldn't have done that because that's not fair to all the other people who've died because of terrorism and uh whinging about it and uh you know and i'm 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 not going to put it on. Yeah, there. basically, you're disqualified and, yeah. from you know paying tribute to certain people because you're exactly. not paying tribute to other people. It's, it's like and, if we talk about all the people that have died all over the world, it's like you know you you know you wouldn't have a profile picture at all. It's like, no, you know, it's well, just, you, you may as well just have a profile picture of the globe with a sad face. You know, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's preposterous. And again, look, people are arguing about stuff like that, which does not matter at all. It's meaningless. Whether you choose to put your profile picture to a French flag or not makes not a shred of difference. You know, what's going on are, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, you can pay your respects in any way that you want and whichever way you do it is neither insulting or you know, or kissing up to anything or anyone, and I just—it was thought, like you know, it was like you remember when uh, Jeremy Corbyn was um, uh, scolded for saying that, oh, I'm going to wear a white poppy rather than a red poppy. Who the hell cares? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't matter how you're being respectful, you know, as long as you're still doing it, and. People who were arguing about that, I just thought, you need to take your heads out of your asses. I was describing this earlier. It's kind of like political hipsters who are almost trying to sound cooler than everyone else or, you know, or as if they know more about everyone else and just are so, you know, so hippie liberal that it kind of stops people from, you know, from mourning for the dead you know just the fact that someone's putting a french flag on their profile is by no means saying that they do not acknowledge that there are people in all countries all over the world who suffer at the hands of terrorists nobody is saying that at all it's kind of like you know, saying like you know let's say for example you know your uncle or like your family member passes away it's like mm. you know and you go to their funeral like someone comes up to you and says we're well, not going to anyone else's funerals exactly other people yeah, died today it's pointless. And you see, the thing about France is that France is like, you know, very close to us. So, of course, we're going to find out about that. And, you know, without sounding too harsh, you know, certain countries where there are sort of terrorist attacks and acts of war every day, you know, it's going to be very different from in a country like France where things like this don't happen every day. 
it is shocking, but that does no, by no way mean that the deaths of anybody anywhere are less important than anybody else's. It's just, again, it, it's, it's bickering amongst ourselves about things that don't matter. What matters is this fight against, you know, this fight against the attacks on our freedom and our humanity and our right to live in this world as, you know, free secular you know decent people and as a lot of people keep forgetting you know these attacks happen against everybody you know including uh muslims or practicing muslims who uh it seems that a lot of the you know the the uneducated seem to be uh you know directing their anger towards now i mean it's kind of like a political hot potato it's like a world hot potato and that you know there's there's all kinds of kinds of factors to it that i i wouldn't even want to try and go into in in the space of a podcast but like there is there is this problem that is in the world today and i think i kind of touched on it briefly uh, when I was saying about when I found out what had happened, I all I saw was attack in Paris. I did not even, you know, I didn't even need to be told. I knew exactly what this attack was going to be and who it was going to have been committed by. And um, I think that um, one thing that we need to acknowledge is that a lot of this comes uh, comes from a branch of a doctrine that uh, is, you know, which is making these people think that by doing the things that they do, that somehow they are being righteous and they are acting in the name of God or what they perceive to be God. It's a very, very, very medieval old world way of behaving and thinking and from a lot of the articles that i've read from a lot of interviews that i've watched from a lot of these things that i've you know i because again i don't i don't just want to go off gut emotions and gut feelings i really strive to educate myself as best i can before i make any kind of comments on anything and the one thing that keeps popping up throughout all of this throughout all these things, it all comes down to, if we were going to say, you know, there's something at the heart of all this, um, it seems to be a lot of people saying Saudi Arabia. This seems to be the the heart of a lot of these problems is Saudi Arabia. Who, ironically, See, is our strongest ally, apparently. Exactly, exactly. This is where a lot of this fundamentalism, where this kind of new age... Uh, interpretation of Islam comes from. You know, I have watched so many videos of people talking about Islam and talking about, um, you know, what it teaches. Now, there are several memes uh, that get passed around. You know, there's people who meme about, oh, Islam is a religion of peace. And, you know, to a certain extent, I agree. You know, when you watch some of these people talking about it, um, you know that it it certainly does come from a good place i mean let's not forget that islam at one point was the intellectual seat 
of the world. It was one of the most, you know, diverse, open, all-inclusive, scientific religions, uh, you know, on the planet. And at some point, something has gone wrong. And it has well, kind it, of like, created some, this... Haven't some historians been saying that uh, apparently the, the religion of Islam has uh, yet to cope with uh, the idea of, you know, over the last 200 years... Islam has yet to cope with the idea because, you know, 200 years ago, you know, there was, I mean, there was the United States, there was, you know, uh, Western countries, but they weren't as um, as, as predominant, well, not, not as predominant. Yes, there was various other, you know, Western, you know, there was like a Western power to, to say, but mm. they wouldn't say it was an absolute power. So, yeah. I mean, it, but uh, over the last 200 years, the, the religion of Islam, and this is one thing I will agree with, has never coped with the idea that there is a Western power. That has, yeah. you know, grown to a certain amount of size, and that is something that's... Uh, has yet to get get hold of, you know, yeah, and, it's, and it's found itself well, integrating. It found itself integrating into yeah. it, you know, while others uh, say that they shouldn't be doing so. Yeah, well, I mean, this. You see, I, I think you're exactly right there. There's there's a lot of um, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of sense in that. And I was again talking to uh, my friends before um, about the idea of the type societies and I know for a fact we've spoken about this before but I think this comes into play now more than ever so the idea is that you know we we have been living um, you know for certainly in no, not too uh, you know in it well basically in recent history we have been living in type zero societies so type zero society is the idea that societies exist in their own countries under their own flags with their own currency their own language etc but we're now on the brink on the cusp of going into a type one society and a type one society is the idea of a global society so where we have kind of universal languages, we have universal uh, currency, we have a universal government, we have a universal communication system. Now, some of these things have already started to come into fruition. So, for instance, the internet is a type one communication system. It's connected the whole world. I agree with you on one aspect. You know, obviously you talked about the internet just now, but on the other aspects, I mean, if we look now, we, uh, you know, um, we are now having an EU referendum soon. And, yeah, uh, yeah, obviously we're signing, like, all sorts of, like, trade agreements with, like, you know, China and India and, you know, this, that and the other. But, uh, I mean, you know, in regards to being a more integrated society, I've got to be honest with you. I mean, with this EU referendum coming up, I can't help thinking that uh, we're going to become quite divided in that state. Oh, yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. By no means, you know, when these things, uh, you know, start to happen, it's not... Uh, you know, it's not one-way traffic. These things can come into existence and fail. I mean, like you say, the the EU, there's there's massive problems with it. The euro, massive problems with it. It's a very, very difficult, very slow process in order for it to work properly. Now, the problem that we have in terms of uh, these kind of uh, fundamentalists, whether it's religious, political, whatever, the idea is that a lot of cultures are starting to come together, whether they like it or not. There are cultures, societies, civilizations which are, you know, beginning to um, 
coexist in ways that we never have before. There are ideas, there are opinions, there are, you know, traditions that are starting to cross and merge with others. And I think that a lot of the attacks that we're seeing over the world, a lot of the, the ugliness, a lot of the divisiveness that exists is almost like um, a response to the changes that are coming. These people do not want to change the way that they do things. They don't want to make uh, any alterations to the ways in which they have lived their lives. They don't like the idea of having to come to, um, you know, having to come to compromise. But that is what social evolution is about. It's about, you know, going from taking all these ingredients and at some point down the line coming out with something completely new and better. And it seems that a lot of the, you know, the terrorists... Um, seem to have this thing of of wanting everything to be done their way, to for things to be done in a much more simple, old-fashioned way. In fact, I was watching an interview with Alan Moore, uh, the guy who wrote League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and The Watchmen, and he's recently done a graphic novel based on the works of H.P. Lovecraft, who wrote The Necronomicon and is uh, probably most famous for uh, the Cthulhu mythology. And... Uh, I've read the Necronomicon. It's a very good book, and uh, the the concept really interests me. Uh, and Lovecraft was one of these writers who kind of revolutionised the horror genre, in the sense that it was all about um, things that are bigger than uh, than human beings, things that are far beyond our understanding, things that are so vast that you can't even imagine it, things that exist bigger in the universe and in comparison we are just insects. And the ideas of Lovecraft, and one of the things that Moore was saying attracted him to doing this book, is this idea of the human race being on the point of uh, almost like an enlightenment and what will mankind do when it's faced with all of these truths and the sciences and stuff. Will it have an enlightenment and embrace these things, even if they are just completely, you know, new and strange? Or will it be too much for them to handle? And will they retreat into the shadows, into a time and a way of thinking and a way of being that was a lot more simpler and, you know, go into essentially another dark age and it kind of feels like that is very precedent at the moment it feels like in our attempts uh, of a kind of you know a new enlightenment in an attempts for a new world to rise up you know again which is not going to happen you know in in the next hundred years it might not happen for a few hundred years but it seems like a lot of these uh, people would much rather you know, submit themselves into, you know, a, a, a way of living where, you know, the, you know we, we don't need science, we don't need these things, we just need things to be simple, we need to leave it all into God, we, we want to live in this kind of, you know, dark ignorance, um, and, you know, in, in a much more kind of simple, uh, and dare I say, more barbaric kind of uh, way of living, and it, it kind of feels like that's 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 a point that we're on at the moment. We're kind of in this struggle where, you know, we you know we we are in 
a war you know we're in a war and my stance on it my personal stance to kind of take take all of this um and just say where i feel that i'm standing is that we cannot rely on our leaders to sort this out because as you say since we've been able to do that yeah, well, I mean, exactly. And, you know, so, like you say, Saudi Arabia, which is supposedly one of our closest allies, uh, you know, our leaders are not going to do anything to stand up to these people or to boycott them. Like people were saying, you know, if, you, if we there's always money at stake, we're literally because, because, you know, capital, the capitalism that we have now. You know, and I'm, I'm no, I'm no, I mean, I'm no anti-capitalist or anything like that. But the the uh, the capitalism that we have now is based on the fact that uh, you know we uh, support you know tyrannical regimes like Saudi Arabia, the fact that we support you know human rights abusers like China, the you know mm. the fact that we support uh, you know questionable you know ethical you know questionably ethical governments like India at yeah. the moment, you know, for all the stuff that's happened over there. It's yeah. like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it, it, it literally, you know, we literally, with some of these things, we literally cause our own problems. Yeah, exactly. Well, you see, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree in that sense, in the sense that, yeah, that a lot of this, we, we could be doing more. The problem is that I'm sure that if we were, you know, if we were given the chance to kind of, you know, vote on it, to say, you know, do we want to be associated with this country which is executing people simply for protesting? You know, do we want to be associated with them? Um, I would, you know, like to think that most of the people of this country would not want to have anything to do with that kind of a regime. But unfortunately, the people don't decide that. It's the leaders who make these decisions for us. But you know, we the people, we still have a power. And what we can do, you know, is, you know, the government relies, a government is nothing without its people. And, you know, just theoretically or hypothetically. The problem is the people that we're talking about here are, uh, you know, know, we've, we've, uh, you know, Facebook had a really awful uh, milestone recently. You know, out of all the UK political parties, uh, Britain first became the first party to uh, get over a million likes. Which, you know, where you can say that they're robots or not, you know, obviously, unfortunately, there are some people out there in with uh, those people that we're talking about who do not make very good life decisions with uh, definitely good, not good political decisions either. Mm. So it's just uh, that's that's um, that's where it becomes you know uh, you know that's when it becomes a problem. I know you, what you're talking about. You know, people. You know, obviously, the you know, power is with the people. The problem is the people that uh, we're talking about may not necessarily be on the same wavelength as we are, no, or I, it may I, necessarily be, uh, uh, may necessarily come from the same you know backgrounds or have the same, uh, or may choose not to, oh. uh, in, 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 you know, uh, digest the same information that we do. Well, it, and that's yeah, where exactly. that all falls apart. Yeah, of course. You you're gonna get you're gonna get bigots on both sides of it. You're gonna get people who are within the Muslim community who are gonna say to them, "Look, see, this is this is what people think of you. This is why we shouldn't mix with everybody else." And then you're gonna get the people on the other side of it saying, "See, I told you, this is what this lot do. This is why we should you know we shouldn't have a mere." But a lot of it I just put down to a lack of education. You know, I'm speaking from a point of view where I have chosen 
to educate myself as much as possible on the topic and there's still so much more that I need to read up on you know and we've talked about this as well the fact that you know governments don't want their citizens to be highly educated they don't want them to know what's going on because then it's it, you know it's harder for them to kind of keep us under control and keep us sort of in the dark you know if people really yeah, you know, and again, I know it's easier said than done. But if you were to really educate yourself on it, you would see the situation and think, right? You know, how how can we how can we stop? Uh, how can we you know ha what can we do to try and put a change or s put the beginnings of change in progress? I mean, someone was saying, you know, a simple thing would be you know boycott the World Cup. But of course, that's easier said than done because people will, you know, undoubtedly. Well, if we're talking about serious just... political change, it's going to have to be far yeah. more than that. I mean, obviously. Oh yeah, you know, but yeah. I, yeah. That's just an example. That's yeah. just an example of one thing that you could do. You know, I mean, what, you know, remember when they was when they 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 uh, with Russia boycotted Russia and stopped doing trade with them for a while. You know, and it has it has an effect, and I think the. You know, that the, if we want to see, you know, if people are serious about wanting to see change, if people are serious about really stopping terrorism and to stop this kind of, you know, this, this extreme ideology, then, you know, it's going to be down to us, the people, to fight this war. It, we can't rely on the leaders to get it done for us because. Well, hang on I, a second. I mean, I mean, uh, what are we? Uh, I mean, I know you're talking about. You know, I think we're talking about various things here. I mean, obviously, and in regards to leadership, the only way we're going to be able to sort out the leadership is through, you know, reforming our electoral system, uh, getting, you know, getting fair representation amongst all. You know, people of this, of this, not just twenty four percent of them, yeah. and uh, you know, so we got that's that's that aspect we need to deal with in regards yeah. to. Unfortunately, wh whether we uh, whether we like it or not, it is our uh, you know leaders, our commanders and chiefs in you know in these uh, war type situations, and unfortunately, they're the ones who uh, uh, you know uh, get get us to the point where we deal with uh, make certain decisions and we deal with certain and we, and we take certain actions. So you know, I know what you're saying about you know we need to be at war with these people, but the you know with uh, people who uh, espouse these hateful views and you know want to kill us all. But at the same time, uh, the only way that uh, we're really going to sort this out is through our, is through uh, sorting out our own leadership. Because at the moment it's like you know one we're saying that you know these leaders are saying that they want to do one thing, but then at the same time they're shaking hands with uh, the the people that uh, are, the, are the main cause of what's going. Yeah, on. I know, and, and this is what I mean. It's not a problem that that can get solved with one election. This is going to be a very long process, and and well, that's yeah, why I say electoral reform. It's like you know that's why I say reform of our political system and the yeah. way that the way that people are represented. But obviously that's never going to happen because the people that are currently in charge now don't want that. So yeah. because they you know they're very comfortable where they are now, maybe uh, not uh, maybe the Labour Party to maybe Labour Party and SSP to a lesser to a lesser extent where the Conservative Party are right now, they're definitely not going to be asking for electoral reform. You know the only reason they're asking for a House of Lords reform now is because basically they're they're not agreeing with stuff that they want to do with tax credits. Yeah. So it's like you know they wouldn't have uh, peeped they wouldn't piped a peep if uh, they had agreed with them. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And it, again, it, it's you know it's. 
like I said before, it's like the onion with many layers. There are many things that we have to kind of sort out. But anyway, and, and we're moving away quite a bit from where, where we are. But at the end of the day, yeah. I, I want to bring this all the way back to the ground. And that is, you know, I mean, we talked about Islam, we talked about Saudi Arabia, we talked about our leaders, we talked about all these other people. At the end of the day, the, individ the individual responsibility of what car who carried out these uh, horrible atrocities, at the end of the day, has to be the people themselves. You know, mm. who, who pulled those triggers, who strapped them bombs to themselves. It's like, you know, no, no normal people do that. It's like, you know, so it's like, how many, how many you know, what, what on earth goes on in somebody's mind to say, you know, yeah, I've got, you know, uh, like that uh, Jihadi John guy, you know, or I like to call messed up Mo, you know, uh, that guy who had a pretty, seemed to have a pretty comfortable life in Britain and decided, you know, I'm going to cash in my chips. I'm going to go to, a, you know, a war-torn nation and make, make people suffer. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, what, what on earth, you know, we really have to get down to the bottom of what makes people do that. Yeah, just, well, I mean, you tend to find that a lot of these guys are, you know, young people. They're sort of in their, you know, teens or in their 20s. Yes. You know, it, it's because they're easy targets. They're easy for to be sort of brainwashed by this ideology or this particular um, interpretation of the ideology. And... You know, I, I've said this before about myself, you know, like when you're young, men in particular go through the kind of angry young man phase and you kind of become, uh, you know, you can become a bit of a rebel without a cause. Yeah. But don't you and think it's more prevalent this, now, you know, given that, you know, I'm not talking I'm not, and, you know, I, I don't want to like talk about all these people like in the in the in the same in the same way. But, you know, it's like, you know, we've got, uh, you know, these radical feminists now who are saying that, you know, oh, well, uh, we have to be more powerful than men. And you've got, uh, you know, you, you got some actually I posted up on my Facebook page, you know, uh, a protest from uh, what seems to be from uh, an organization called Black Lives Matter, you know, so, you know, ma making a, you know, a white a white woman cry and saying like you know uh, fuck your white tears it's like mm. you know and then you've got other people who are taking such extreme positions to the point where you know there's some people within the you know the uh the the the, the free palestine uh, uh movements who and these are a minority i'm not saying that they you know this is a this is prevalent within uh uh within groups but they're basically saying you know oh, fuck the jews you know obviously all this you know anti-semitism that goes on within certain certain organizations in the free palestine yeah. uh movement but you know it's um you know for me it feels like it, you know more and more people are becoming you know, they there must be this feeling that uh, you know young people feel like they're not being listened to, and they have you know uh, in that aspect they have every right to be angry because you know if you look at you know, some of the elections, if you look at some of the way they feel like they're not being represented, you know how you know you can't really blame them for like that. But for them to take that one step further, and you know, kind of like you know come out of the rules of society, if you will, and say like you know oh I'm you know I'm an angry young Muslim, so I'm going to go you know cash in my chips and I'm going to go to a you know war-torn nation and kill a load of people. Or you know, I'm I'm an angry young woman, and I'm going to you know become a uh, you know radical feminist, and you know just uh, shout a load of nonsense, you know where uh, you know uh, assault men and stuff like that. Yeah. Or I'm gonna you know uh, be a part. I'm an angry young black man, and I'm going to be join Black Lives Matter and uh, you know make lives miserable for uh, my fellow students at my university. Or you know I'm somebody who cares about what happens in uh, you know Palestine, so uh, you know I'm going to uh, go to a synagogue and make you know anti-Semitic statements in front of it and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it's just I mean, like you know what. what you know, um, there seems to be uh, for far more. You know, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying that all 
you know, uh, students are doing this. I'm only saying, like, you know, uh, all young people, sorry, are doing this. I'm just saying this is a minority of them. But there seems to be a lot more of this going on. Whether it's just being more widely reported or not, I don't know. But well, yeah, uh, you know, it's I... just, you know, it's uh, it, feels, it feels more like there's more of it now than there was a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, of course, like, you know, and I would say as, you know, as a young person myself, um, you know, maybe not as young as some <laughs> some of the people who are, uh, you know, displaying this kind of ugly anger. But, yeah, of course, the young people feel let down because that's exactly what they have been. They've been let down in a big way. There's no opportunity. There's no direction for them. They're just kind of tossed into the world and... You know, and of course they're angry. But again, as I was saying earlier, there's this kind of thing of like, I just feel angry, but I don't know who to direct it at because there isn't really an entity to direct it at. It's more of a situation. But instead, what I will do is I will direct it at somebody. Yeah, so uh, here comes this it's... radical preacher who's going to say, you know, oh, you should blame all the, you know, all of society, you know, to pick up a Kalashkov and, you know, gun down a load of people. Oh, here comes, you know, Anita Sarkeesian from, uh, you know, her feminist frequency bullshit and saying is like, you know, uh, oh, well, all men are all programmed to think that way. And, uh, you know, when they play their video games, you know, they, uh, they're locked in their own minds and uh, don't know any better and stuff like that that the alex jones defense i like to call that it's yeah, like you know yeah. before anyone says anything i'm not comparing uh, anita sarkeesian to, a, to an islamic extremist calm the fuck down yeah. uh, what i'm saying is that there are certain people in society who will basically manipulate people to their own means yeah and that's absolutely. basically what i'm trying to say here yeah so. and and i think that really um you know the, the, the again one of the ways in which things need to be resolved is by having serious very you know very serious very mature and very honest discussions about things in the world i mean like there was a very Just make very young people feel like they're represented it's yeah. like you know they don't so you know when you're shouting them down saying that oh no this isn't the way things are supposed to be it's like oh no you have to put up with uh, this is the guy you have to put up with now whether you like it or not it's like, you know, it's like it just uh, when you give young people the feeling that every aspect of society seems to be piling against them, whether it's, you know, uh, wanting to get a house or whether it's, you know, wanting to earn money or whether it's, you know, being democratically uh, represented or, uh, you know, feeling that you're being oppressed by somebody. When you bring all those elements in together, you're going to get very nasty results. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And again, as long as the systems keep on failing young people, then you know, we're going to continue getting a lot of this anger and with nowhere to direct it. You know. yeah. Do you know um, what? Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, you know, I used to be part of a uh, youth show, and uh, recently, that's uh, you know, a couple of years ago, that youth show then uh, went away. So if I stayed there and uh, you know, uh, uh, long enough, you know, eventually I would have, uh, I would have got cancelled. Which you know uh, was you you know which you think you know a youth show you know getting cancelled and being you know put in a, like a podcast you know or you know put a, you know put in like a Saturday morning uh, sorry Saturday morning uh, slot at two in the morning you know compared to where you know where you were on you know on Prime it's like you know um, it's like you know looking looking at the you know, obviously that's just one example. You know, uh, you know. I mean, I don't try to. Uh, you know, I know there's. Then also put that in. You know, in uh, in with lots of other examples of how you know young people. You know, are uh, not not feeling represented anymore. It's like you know, when you hear stuff like that happening about, can you not blame people for like saying, you know, something? You know, young people are really getting screwed over at the moment. It's like you know. It's, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
But mind you, the one thing I really want to finish off with, you know, uh, just to, you know, because I really want to do want to finish this off on a positive, and that was definitely what I was talking about with, uh, with children in need. You know, it's like, you know, obviously, yes, some really horrible things happened. And, you know, there was this massive tragedy that happened in, pa- in Paris. And there's been also tragedies all over all over the world as well with terrorism and things mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, let's not lose our faith in humanity just as yet. You know, there was a massive pile of unity that came out of uh, Paris. Even when they knew that, uh, you know, there was a possibility that they could get attacked again, they all still came out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and on top of that, on that same night that all that, all that, all that, that catastrophe happened, um, you know, children in need raised about nearly about forty million pounds for mm. disabled and children that are disadvantaged in in our country. Yeah, so you know, exactly. On, you, know, on to, you know, on top of the, you know, so you know, on alongside the, uh, and also it's not getting as much you know news coverage as everything else is doing, but alongside this, you know, this evil and this despicable nature of this. Uh, of this well, of this organization there was a group of people who said you know something we're going to put a load of money together and we're going to help out uh, all these children that need you know need uh, need our help you know all these uh, children that you know can't afford services or you know are disabled and can't live a normal life without our help it's like so let's raise 40 million pounds for them and uh, let's uh, let's do some let's do something good and you know there's still some people out there who are you know really great citizens who did that so, you know, it's like, let's not all lose our faith in humanity just yet. No, well, that's the point. We can never lose faith in humanity. Otherwise, we've lost. It's defeat in the mind. And I think that uh, I would say, um, you know, just to go back to Alan Moore, to go back to the Watchman, I would say the stance that we should take, that we should always take, whenever any person has, you know, makes an attack against freedom, uh, against humanity, against civilized people is, uh, you know, never compromise, never surrender, not even in the face of Armageddon. And as long as these people keep attempting to hit us, we should stand together strong and hit back even harder to show that we will not be terrorized, that we are strong together and no matter how many times you try uh, no matter how many you know no matter how many of you come we will still continue to move towards the future and move mm-hmm. towards a better world that you know we all want to live in that we will all be free to live in to live how we want practice any religion that we want and be friends with whoever we want. Do you know? Do you know what would be really cool to see? Like uh, you know, just as a imagine if we had. Uh, imagine I don't know if this a uh, if this event takes place. You know, I'll I'll give uh, you know I'll, I'll give money towards it or something like that. But uh, imagine if we had uh, a mosque that decided you know we're going to host a heavy metal concert and we're going to have pizza and out, outside uh, you know on the on the patio we're going to have a little, little game of football. Like imagine how much of a big uh, middle finger that would be to uh, to is un Islamic hate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So somebody do that. It's like yeah. you know, I'd I'd really love to see that. So uh, anyway, I think uh, yeah, I think we've been much. Uh, Ranted out, really. So uh, there was still still so much more we could have talked about. Well, I mean, it's like I'm really happy that uh, one thing I really want. I'm really happy about you know, and I know there's there's all this death that you know, which is which is horrible. But uh, you know, my condolences go out to 
to everybody who is affected by this. And, uh, you know, I really hope who, people who are injured by this, you know, recover and uh, hopefully try and regain some, some normality to their lives. You know, my heart goes out to absolutely everybody. But one thing I'm really happy about was that, uh, you know, the Eagles of Death Metal that so were playing that concert that night, apparently, according to uh, uh, to people who were around the situation, they got out, they managed to get out. So, uh, and uh, which, uh, you know, I, I was really, you know, I thought this was going to be another, uh, you know, uh, did you ever hear about, uh, um, oh, um, did you ever hear about, uh, I think, Dimebag Dave? Uh, did uh, you ever hear about that story? No. Uh, he was a former, um, uh, he was former uh, guitar player for uh, for Pantera, and uh, who was a heavy metal group, and uh, when they split up, uh, the, he uh, came a part of another group who did a, uh, a small uh, event, and uh, some... Uh, some whack job decided uh, to uh, bring a handgun to the event. Uh, Dimebag Daryl, I, really, I do apologize. You know, I just don't know why I've had Dave on the microphone. Dimebag Daryl, um, some guy uh, came came up while they were doing less than a minute of doing the first song of the set. Uh, the guy, this uh, asshole called Nathan Gale, who uh, went on stage and shot him and uh, also killed uh, a fan as well and also an employee. And uh, so... You know, I really thought it was going to be one of those situations again where, you know, you, you had this horror... Not only did you have this uh, horrible tragedy of having these, uh, you know, musicians, you know, uh, real, you know, very talented musicians, you know, being gunned down in front of their fans, but also, you know, the... Uh, uh, you know, the fact that they were taking some of their fans with, you know, killing and maiming all their fans in, in front of people as well. Mm. Which, you know, so, well, if there's any... You know, there, there, there's no good news to really to come out of this. You know, there's just, you know, thank goodness this didn't happen. But uh, you know, I'm re I'm really glad the band got out because you know, out of all the tragedies that you hear that ha that have, that have happened over the years, you know, the uh, Dimebag Daryl di died in uh, in 2004, and so uh, I'm just really glad that uh, you know we're not gonna you know heavy the heavy metal scene's not got another tragedy on its uh, on its on its hands in regards to bloodshed. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you know, my heart, my heart goes out to everybody who's been affected yeah. by this. Everyone who, yeah, everyone who's been affected by the tragedies in Paris, and anyone in the world who is suffering uh, at the hands of evil, um, you know, it, it, it's evil will always be present in the world. But here's hoping that we can get to a point where. You know, it is a shadow of its former self, and he is hoping to the future and to, uh, you know, <laughs> to another enlightenment that will hopefully make the world closer. But here's hoping because that's all we can do. Yeah. Um, I want to give out a number actually for, uh, I mean, obviously, this is for people in the United Kingdom. Unfortunately, I don't have any other numbers with me, but if you're listening in the UK right now and, uh, you're worried about someone who might be there, a family member or a friend. I want to give out this number for the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. It's uh, 0207-008-0000. That's uh, 0207-008-0000. So if you are worried about someone who might be there, whether it be a family member or a friend, um, someone you want to get in contact with, which uh, you know thought was in, was involved in this and has uh, not called you back since then, you can call that number now, and uh, they'll, they'll, those those guys will help you out. So uh, we'll try and help you out to the best to the best of their ability. So that's the number that's been given out. So oh two oh seven zero zero eight zero 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 zero. So uh, Harry, thanks very much for being uh, on this show. It's uh, something I've I've been. Th I tell you, but this has been on my mind for 
a good couple of days how yeah. I was going to react, how it was going to be all out. It's like, you know, it's like there was nothing planned here today. You know, we all just shot from the yeah. heart. Yeah. You know, we, we threw, I mean, I did have a run sheet currently going for uh, some other stuff we're going to talk about. You know, uh, I wanted, wanted to talk about, you know, the re- latest Star Fox Zero gameplay and uh, all other stuff and things like that. But, uh, you know, this is even three days after this, this is, this is too hard to ignore. So it's just, uh, yeah. I want to thank guys, uh, everyone for yeah, putting up with us pretty much for tonight. And, uh, Harry, thanks very much for uh, coming on the show again. Always and uh, my pleasure. Always. You know, the thing I want us to just say right now to Harry is like, you know, he he doesn't cut. You know, we don't get any money out of doing this. You know, Harry comes and gives us, uh, uh, you know, his time. You know, out of a very busy schedule that he has. You know, I we all do this for free. You know, this isn't something that we you know we get paid to do or anything like that. You know, Liberated Syndication doesn't give me any money whatsoever. So, you know, I do want to pay tribute to you, Harry, for coming on and doing all this for there, us and things. So, it's my pleasure. It's always good to kind of talk about what's going on in the world, and you know, for the fact that we have people who can listen to us is uh, you know <laughs> even even yeah. better. So, okay, well, uh, I mean. I'm I'm just worrying about what I'm going to do midweek, but uh, I mean I'm not too sure at the moment because I've not got anyone like any guests planned or anything like that. So I think maybe we might leave it until maybe next Monday, and sure. uh, that's probably what we'll do. So hey, take care, of you, Harry, and uh, yeah, you too. God take bless care, everyone. Yeah. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, everybody. So uh, I mean, yeah, midweek show. I'm not too sure what I'm going to do at the moment. Um, I'm still the one thing I might do is that I've been covering news for quite a while. I probably might take a. Oh, everyone can understand. I might take a seat back for a little while and uh, kind of do a couple of things that kind of make me happy, really, rather than uh, some of the things that kind of bring down my mood. And uh, it really has been a very, very hard. This is probably one of the hardest shows I've done. To be honest with you, it's, uh, it's. Uh, I mean, I know I've laughed a couple of times and things like that, but uh, you know, to, to I, I don't like doing these shows. You know, I'd, I'd rather be speaking about. Um, you know, getting passionate about politics and, uh, you know, but talking about a subject matter which involves, um, the, the deaths of hundreds of people and, uh, you know, just being in this, uh, this cycle, it's just, it's, uh, it is hard. It really, really is hard. Um, if you want to, I mean... I said what Facebook is and Twitter is, and you know, it's facebook.com forward slash Arrow Show, twitter.com forward slash Arrow Show. Um, I'd rather just kind of leave it at that, really. And uh, so, but, you know, yes, this horrible situation exists, but uh, at the same time, there are some people, you know, and definitely myself, you know, we're not just going to stop. You know, we're going to keep going on with our lives, still going to go to work, still going to go to, uh, Still going to do all the things that uh, make us happy in lives and uh, and stuff, you know. Still definitely going to do this show. It's like you know, this is this is definitely not going to be the end, you know. Uh, and uh, you know, one one thing I did do to uh, kind of make myself a bit happier recently was uh, I recently we watched re listened to my Craig Barlas interviews. You know, it's like I do I do cherish them because Craig gives us you know. And I know I keep going on about Craig Ballers all the time, but, you know, he gives us... He, he doesn't get paid for any of this stuff either. You know, he gives us uh, all of his time, you know, uh, for just for just for, to enjoy the reaction and uh, to enjoy communicating with his fans. And, you know, I really do get a kick out of that. And so th- th- those things make me happy. And it was really great that I have that to, uh, to, uh, to fall back on in regards to, uh, you know, when this show starts to bring me down a little bit. You know, it's like, well, hey, you know, we've done... 
look at all this great stuff that we've done. And, uh, you know, that picks me up quite a bit as well. And, uh, hmm. Well, thanks for listening to the show. Um, obviously, it's um, if I want to bring any hope to uh, to anyone right now, I really hope that we've we've done that. And, you know, like uh, we're gonna have, you know, this show's still gonna keep going, and uh, we're still gonna do some really great things. And uh, I really hope people really do enjoy like listening to this show. And uh, even though we do talk, even though tonight wasn't, you know, the the show that we really wanted to produce, but. Uh, you know, I just want to say thank you to uh, even if it's just one or maybe even two people who listen to this show. I'm still grateful. You know, I'm very grateful for everything that I've got. And uh, you know, I just hope after uh, tonight. You know, I remember I had a I had a teacher um, who I can't remember the name of, and I do apologize, but uh, I remember when we went through either a death of a student or went through a very tragic time, and uh, he would always say, you know, uh, some of us take life for granted. And uh, let us all live long and try and live the most longest and joyful lives we can possibly live. And let make make all our uh, our events worthwhile. So you know, you know, take take don't take life for granted. You know, do do everything that you could possibly do. You know, if, if an opportunity arises, take it. Well, that's my advice for you tonight, and I uh, hope you'll take it with you for. Uh, the rest of the week hope you enjoy your rest of the week i'll see you back on monday if something does pop up obviously you'll see an alert on the rss feed so for those of you who don't want to want to know it's uh you can either listen on itunes on player fm on stitcher mixcloud which I keep forgetting to post episodes too so i do keep i do apologize for doing that but uh you know this is uh i do i want to thank you all for listening to the show tonight and uh, hopefully next week we'll hopefully be able to talk about something a bit more a bit more light-hearted and a bit more be more kind of something a show that we can actually enjoy rather than something that we can uh, obviously then the, uh, rather than a show that where this situation exists so thanks everybody enjoy your evening enjoy the rest of your week and goodbye for now cheers <laughs>